0: Welcome to the Control-Alt-Azure podcast. I'm Yusip And I'm Tobias. Join us for a journey in the cloud.
1: Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Azure. I'm Tobias. I'm back again with Jussi Roine. What's up?
0: It's Obe. It's good. I'm on winter holidays and I'm actually staying in Lapland for a little bit little time now with the family. And is that the Swedish Lapland or the Finnish Lapland? Or there, what Lapland there, is it? there's only one Lapland, and that's the one we have in Finland. You guys have something <laughs> different. It's not Lapland, it's official here. <laughs> Okay. And and uh, we are staying in this skiing cabinets. I think the fancy word is a chalet, but to me it's a, it's a cabin or 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 a hut, if you will. And mm. it's super cold outside. So we uh, landed a couple of days ago. It's minus eighteen Celsius outside. Wow! So that's about zero Fahrenheit. Uh, but the kids they are enjoying especially because there's so much snow. So they go out and play and enjoy that. And what we did find today was the longest sledding hill in Europe. Mm-hmm. And in, in order to go there, you have to put on a helmet and you have to rent the sled. So the staff was looking at me uh, at, at the rental counter and the lady goes, try not to hurt yourself. So I I took extra care (laughs) not to end up in a hospital myself or, or have anybody from my family end up in a hospital. So all good here, super cold. And I am now staying in this extra bedroom and all the walls are naked. There's nothing on the walls. So if you hear this tiny echo, it's my desperate attempt to try to make some sort of an acoustic setting in here, but I think I I might have failed a little bit.
1: But it kind of shows the dedication though, because we are doing this recording remote, not just in the normal sense, but also remote from our default locations. So from a hut in Lapland doing an Azure podcast reporting,
0: this, this is dedication. So I like it. Good. So how about for you? What have you been up to lately?
1: So I'm also on winter holiday or actually it's a parental leave for me because we got touchdown of our second daughter about 2 weeks ago. So we are now four people living in the house which is pretty nice. So I'm I'm still on leave. I'm enjoying the uh, new extension to our family and you know everything that comes with that. We're doing doing a lot of hikes and you know you know our daughter who's already 3 years old is getting acquainted with the new newborn and we keep her included in everything so she's a great bigger sister already and want to help out with everything so um, yeah I mean we're living in the baby bubble that's it no tech very analog I'm just coming online to do this recording and then I'm back into the baby bubble so that's pretty (laughs) much everything for me.
0: (laughs) I, I do admire your hikes because just yesterday we figured guys let's hike to the grocery store to get some milk I I I open Google Maps. I've never store. heard
1: that. Hold on,
0: let's <laughs> hike to the grocery store. <laughs> you know, well, it's hike it, to it, the it, mountains. Fine. Exactly. It's it's the middle of the wilderness, even though it's a small village. So so the grocery store is in the other end of the village. So I open Google Maps and I look. Okay, 1.1 kilometers, or so less than a mile. I'm like, yeah yeah, we can do this. 200 meters done. The three year old goes, I'm not walking anymore. So oh. I walk. I I walk back to the the hut get the car pick them up we go to the store everybody's happy so i do admire that you do your hikes even now
1: <laughs> yeah but on the other hand we don't have the snow we don't have the cold we, yeah. we do live in where i live in sweden it's kind of the the mediterranean compared to where you live so
0: indeed indeed so today's episode uh, is about Azure updates so we frequently do these updates on on what's been coming out what's been announced what's interesting and uh, especially when I went through on on whatever has been happening in the past couple of weeks I soon realized well maybe not that much because we did have Christmas we had Thanksgiving uh, we had New Year's Eve in between so perhaps, The product group is not pushing out a lot of updates in between this time, but there are still fairly many options to choose from. So so let me start with the first one. And this is something that already exists, but it's now expanded. So if you sign up for Azure and and you take the the trial, uh, the trial now has five more free services available for you for a duration of 12 months. So you can extend that uh, usage of, of an Azure subscription without paying anything. And now it includes five additional services with some quota, some resources you can use over that 12 month period. And these five services are the service bus, VPN gateway, load balancer, container registry, archive storage, and a little bit more resources on Cosmos DB as well. Have you ever used this or do you normally resort to whatever you get from the company or what you pay for yourself? I do
1: have I mean I, I think I have 13 subscriptions or something like that that I that I manage which are um, outside of my my default work life if you will and some of those are sponsored subscriptions in various capacity and others are you know pay as you go because I want to try out, certain things. And I also, when I kind of try out billing stuff and how th- things work, I, you know, sometimes I just plug a credit card in there because I really want to see how this works in a, in a small scale so I can understand what it's going to be when I go into production. I have used the um, some free accounts like this in the past, but not extensively. So this is, I mean, this is great news. I didn't, didn't actually know that all of these things, these new services are also included, but it kind of shows the commitment from Microsoft that, you know, open the door, try everything for free because we're confident what you're going to try is going to be good enough for you to stay as a customer, which is a pretty good thing. So you don't have to actually pay everything up front and then be disappointed. Now they instead open the door and say, come in, try it out. We know you're going to like it. And if not, well, this is not for you
0: exactly so so there's a bunch of services plus these five new services included in the free service offering now all right what do you have top of mind on your side so one thing that that i noticed came out recently is uh, in preview
1: and this is support of azure container registry across availability zones so kind of increased resiliency and support for high availability So geo-replication is one thing and zone redundancy is another. And with geo-replication, we kind of replicate registry data uh, across one or more Azure regions to provide availability and reduce latency for regional operations. With now then zone redundancy, we can provide resiliency and high availability uh, to a registry or replication resource or replica in a specific region. So it's just extended support to increase your kind of options, if you are running something in high availability, you need the resilience and you you have to, maybe the ACR or the Azure Container Registry is such a core part of your setup that it cannot go down. You rely on it so heavily that you need this in your HA or high availability set, setup and scenario, then this is a great added benefit. And, and you can do that from the Azure portal or you can do it from uh, Azure Resource Manager. In the preview, you cannot use the CLI to enable it, but in the future, the CLI will also get updates. You can actually manage it from there. There are some limitations in the preview that I read about, and currently it only works. You can only set this up in East US, East US 2, and West US 2. So that's a preview limitation. So if you kind of want to try it out, you have to use those regions, and that's good to know about so you don't you know, start ramping up trying to, to get this to roll or If you wanna roll out a proof of concept and then you realize, well, we're in West Europe and this is not, and then nothing is gonna work because all your VNets and and networking and whatever is in Europe and you don't have have pairing with the US. So think about that first. It's a limitation in the preview that will of course change as we go into GA. And another preview limitation is you can't disable zone redundancy in a specific region or in a region. And also if you use ACR tasks, which is kind of automation for your container register, which is pretty cool, uh, that does not support availability zones yet, but that is also something that they're working on. Um, So yeah, I I think this for me, working with containers every day, uh, I do a lot with ACR. This is kind of a core thing in our entire dev, uh, DevOps and DevSecOps setup. Uh, This is great. So for all the microservices we're operating, you know, I, I can see that this is a great fit. In my scenarios today, I don't actually need it because my services don't require to pull those images and you know hot off the press. And if something goes down or the ACR is not reachable right now, that's okay. My services might still be able to operate because the container workloads are background tasks and everything front end is not on containers. So for me. I would be happy without it, but I see this as a great benefit, especially if you go all in on everything in containers, maybe operate your front ends in a Kubernetes cluster or whatever, then your container registry needs to work at all
0: times. This is a great thing to kind of ensure that it does. All righty. It's always nice to get these previews and even if there's often limitations, I'm still more happy to get to experience a preview to see how it would eventually work in my my use case, as opposed to waiting for an additional six months to to get to try out the GA version and then realizing, oh, it requires this and that first and spending more time on on preparing to actually get to use the service. Uh, On my side next is Azure Digital Twins is now GA, so generally available. And I think we mentioned Digital Twins a couple of times, but we haven't really looked into this yet too much. And I also have to admit that I've read about this and ever since they announced the first previews, it it looked super interesting. But I also felt this is very closely aligned with IoT use cases. So if you are building anything on IoT and leveraging Azure for that, the Digital Twins allows you to build these digital copies of, let's say, a factory or some sort of, uh, of a process that often relies on a, on a physical object like a factory or a farm or something similar. So this is now G8, and we'll put the links in the show notes as well. But I'll, I'll also make a mental note that we have to dig in deeper into digital twins during 2021 to actually see what else it can do for us.
1: Yeah, I, I think we should bring on a guest from one of the PG teams to come in and talk about that, because I think, like you said, we did mention that uh, in some episodes before, and I think, you know, someone explaining that ground up would be really cool. So let's see if we can do that. So on my side, uh, just a quick tip before I go into my next one is I just noticed as well that Azure Portal will end support for IE 11 in March 31 2021. So that's coming up uh, real soon. If you're still on IE or Internet Explorer, sorry, <laughs> it's not going to work for long, um, but that's a good thing because IE 11 or IE at all should be replaced. Um, I understand there might be business reasons or reasons of legacy applications, whatever, not working with it, but change the default browser at least to something more up-to-date and something more secure.
0: Finally, we are getting rid of it. And far too often, I'm sitting next to somebody, let's say, at a train station or back when we, we we were able to still fly at an airport next to somebody using their corporate laptop. And I'm sort of glancing quickly to see, oh, what kind of a laptop does that person have? and And then you see it's a corporate laptop because they often have these stickers underneath the display having some sort of an ID for the laptop. And and then they're forced to use IE or something else. So I, I think there's there's a lot of people who simply cannot switch until somebody in IT says, "Okay, you can now use the new Edge. We we deem it's it's good enough now, and you can move on." Yeah, true. Uh, so that was a quick tip. I
1: I my next kind of update that I saw just now is I don't know if, if you guys have heard uh, about ASE or App Service Environment. Um, so. Azure App Service uh, feature uh, or ASE is a feature that provides a fully isolated and dedicated environment for securely running App Services apps at high scale. So this is generally great for high scale isolation and secure network access, high memory utilization, high request per second, stuff like that. When you kind of need your dedicated option for, for your Azure App Services. So with App Service Environment v3, which is now in public preview, you get added benefits and also reduced cost. So I think they said something like 75% reduced cost versus the, the level one they had or the first edition. So it comes with security enhancements. So the AZ is deployed in an Azure managed VNet while application traffic is managed in your VNet. So therefore removing AZ management traffic from your own VNet and reducing the number of network endpoints that you must secure because Azure handles the rest. So that's pretty good. Um, And of course, the isolation is also the benefit of ASE, that single tenant systems with no public internet dependencies in your network. So I really like it. It's a short update. But if you live in the space of app service environment, then the V3 is now in public preview. So this might make sense if you're operating that.
0: I I feel that if you've chosen your architecture to include ASC, then any new version makes perfect sense. And and again, it's great that you can start with the preview. Uh, On my side, uh, Azure Stack HCI is generally available now. So HCI stands for hyper-converged infrastructure. This is a challenging combination. And in essence, it's an Azure hybrid offering. So it's it's a piece of hardware with pre-configured software that you drop typically in your own data center, allowing you to run some workloads locally, but also to connect with the public Azure and perhaps offload or do some sort of a hybrid setup between whatever you have locally and whatever you choose to run remotely. And and now that it's generally available, it also means that all the hardware partners like Dell and Lenovo, they have their hardware available as well and that's certified hardware. So instead of going with Azure Stack, which often implies that you make this sort of a massive investment with a lot of hardware and a lot of setup, you can now just buy a single server that is compatible and configured for Azure Stack HCI. And if you go to HCI catalog, dot Azure you can see the offering so i did go there and i wanted to see if i can just click on one server and and crank up the the options to the maximum and put that in the shopping cart to actually see the price but whatever you do in there it always defaults you back to the vendor's website and then they give you this small chat icon that says our salespeople are eagerly waiting for your call. <laughs> the so, sharks, they're ready. <laughs> exactly. So so it's it's Monday here in Finland now. It's it's. I think it's 10 o'clock in the evening. I think no salespeople will take my call anytime at this uh, today. But in case you're interested in what the different uh, offerings are, they are now publicly available. And I'll also put this link in the show notes.
1: Very nice. So the next one that I have is Azure App Configuration, which is now in GEA in China and the US government clouds. So Azure App Configuration has been around for quite some time, uh, and it's great for having a fully managed service, which sets up in minutes and you can handle configuration across your applications. Uh, Personally, I've used it for microservices a lot, where many individual services or components of, of our whole system rely, on similar or the same configuration. So instead of telling each container or each uh, different kind of service or component that our microservices consists of to to use this configuration here, the same configuration here and the same one over here and then kind of replicate that uh, using the Azure app configuration has been a great thing. And now we have full feature parity with the public cloud experiences in the China and US government clouds as well. I know people have asked this question many times. I see this on Twitter. I see this on forums. When will support for uh, US government cloud exist in in this service? And it, it does now. So that is GA generally available. You can start using it right now. So that's a good tip. I use it a lot. I have tried it out when it came out as a preview. I use it in production for certain workloads and I really like it. It's very configurable. It's a kind of a great way to centralize the management of all the configurations instead of spreading that out across all the different, you know, architecture points of your microservice architecture if you're using microservices. So to put that into a simple, very simple example is we have ACIs or Azure Container Instances. Maybe we have a Kubernetes cluster. Maybe we have Azure Functions and App Services. So a couple of different things. And a lot of these have smaller components or services, and all of them are operating together to provide one solution for the customer. So each of these things is not something I wanna go into and configure specifically if they're gonna use the same settings across all of them. So using the Azure app configuration is a great way where I can centralize those settings. And then I tell all of these things, my applications in uh, Kubernetes, my applications in ACI, my applications running in functions and app services to read from this endpoint and say, here's my config manager, read from there, get whatever config values you need with whatever feature flag you need, whatever label. You know, there it's a, a lot of things you can do to kind of customize the experience here. And I just can do this centrally. So whenever we have an update to the configuration that should be rolled out across all these microservices, we can do it in a single place. And I really like that. Um, so again, the the update here being that GA now in China and the US government. So If you're in in any of these regions working with any of the the Gulf clouds, then
0: this is good news
1: as well. Sounds good.
0: So I do have one last last, uh, item on my list. Azure Storage Account Recovery Portal is G8 now. So you can now recover one if you deleted one and then later on realize, well, actually I need that back now. But this is only available in the portal now. So no scripting, no APIs as of now. And there's a couple of uh, uh, prerequisites here. The name has to be available. So if you delete one storage account, then five days later, you realize you need it back. That same name still needs to be available so that nobody else took the name. And it also... uh, has to have been deleted in the past 14 days, and it cannot be a classic storage account. I don't think anybody uses those anymore, but just in case. And how this works is that you go to Azure portal and you open a new support request. And from that pull down menu on why do you need support, you select to recover deleted accounts. And then it will guide you through a wizard. So you're not actually sending a support request or a ticket to somebody, but you're actually going to this portal view through the support request thing. And I I think somebody did a lot of analytics on this, that a lot of people are sending super requests because they want something back that they deleted. So this was the obvious place to place this new feature in.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I really love this recover deleted account. This is awesome. Um, I would have needed it in the past when I had a couple of things set up and then accidentally you know, ran a script that deleted them. Obviously not in production, but still if you have a, a kind of a staging or you have a dev workload and you're kind of working on things and even if you just want to try things out and try your scripts to you know, clean things up because in this case it was a cleaning up script so it was supposed to lead all the storage accounts and that was fine. But after doing that, I realized, oh, there's something else we need to fix in the scripts. Now I need to deploy all the resources again and get everything back. What if I could just get the storage account back in the state it was and then kind of run it again? So that would be cool. I wonder if there's any kind of backward compatibility, like if, if it's only a change in the UI but the underlying infrastructure has support for it, you know, to the backlogs so if you, if you go back, I think now it says only in the in the past 14 days, I wonder if that will be extended. You can say, well, in the past one year or whatever, but I guess this might not be possible because when you delete a storage account, that endpoint or that name is freely available for someone else to take. So I don't know exactly how, how the details, the technical details there will work, but that would be interesting to understand.
0: It, it sure would. Uh... A couple of years ago we had an incident where somebody deleted a storage account that was not supposed to be deleted and that was in production. It was the only uh, place where we had some information and, and no copy of that that info had been made any anywhere else. So we did submit a support ticket at the time, it took about a week of debugging. And, and uh, it had already been more than 14 days since that initial deletion. But they were able to find the old storage account and they were also able to see what files were in there, but they couldn't recover all of the files anymore. So mm. it's, it's promising. And I think 14 days is, is fairly good. Per- perhaps uh, if you think about SharePoint Online or OneDrive for Business, you often get way longer uh, soft deletes or soft undeletes uh, than fourteen days. So it would perhaps be great to in the future pay more and be guaranteed that okay you have ninety days or something else now, or just do proper backups.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the solution. Do the backups. Yeah. The problem with Azure Storage accounts is there is no built-in good way to do to do a backup of an entire account. So you have to kind of script everything and say for each table make mm-hmm. a backup and backup up all the blobs and back up all this. I would like a button in the UI just say make a replica of this and then archive it yeah. you know make that a backup that'd be awesome. So if you're listening in Azure people, you know that's a top priority for me yeah. <laughs> so the final thing on my mind is something I read about Azure functions and I think we touched on something similar in, in the past. this is now in GA generally available Azure function custom handlers. So you can use custom handlers to build things using your favorite language or runtime, like Go, Rust, PHP, for whatever reason. Uh, Custom handlers then allow you to develop serverless event-driven applications and kind of take advantage of the available Azure function triggers and bindings. Uh, So I'll put a link in the show notes for the announcements around that as well. And they they did a pretty good write-up about what that means. So if you are building stuff in, in these other languages, there will be examples of how you can make use of Azure Functions in your own favorite language, which is pretty cool. So Microsoft is definitely embracing, you know, the diversity of, of the dev ecosystem and not just focusing on .NET and, and Node and PowerShell, uh, whatever we saw first in functions, but now you can pretty much build whatever you want. So I think this is actually pretty cool.
0: Sounds good. I am happy to see that we still had so many updates, uh, regardless of the holiday season. So 2021 is is shaping up to be super promising in terms of a lot of things will happen in, in the coming year. So once again, thank you for tuning in. And until next time.
1: All right, see you then.